You are listening to the Tenacious Acorn Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica O'Neill. Today, we are talking about a seriously sweet subject, sugar. Do you know how much sugar you eat on average? Most of us don't. Do you know what the average per person consumption of sugar in the U.S. is every year? This is going to blow your mind. 150 to 175 pounds per person. Yeah, that means average consumption of sugar in the U.S. is equal to a full-grown adult made of sugar cubes. That is insane. Am I the only one who thinks that's insane? That is crazy. Around 100 years ago, the average consumption was less than 30 pounds per year. Hmm, what happened about 100 years ago? We started seeing more processed foods come onto the market, more foods made in factories, less foods made at home, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, it is crazy. And you're thinking, I don't eat 150 pounds of sugar a year. Well, 150 pounds of sugar equals out to about a quarter of a pound of sugar per day. So a quarter of a pound, when you break it down, it doesn't, it still seems like a lot, but all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, maybe I do. But you, you're certainly not, hopefully not, putting a quarter of a pound of sugar into your coffee, right? So how is it getting there? Well, we're going to talk about that. But before we get to where all the sugar is coming from, let's talk about what all the sugar is doing to us. What are the ramifications of eating so much sugar? Well, the first one should be pretty obvious, weight gain. We can see this once the low-fat craze hit in the 70s. They had to replace the fat that they were taking out of foods with something, it, to retain moisture, because fat gives things moisture, fat gives things mouthfeel, fat disperses flavor throughout your, throughout your mouth while you're eating. They had to replace it with something. They replaced it with sugar. And we can see the rise of obesity in the U.S. starting with the extraction of fat from foods and bringing in sugar to replace it. So weight gain is the number one effect that we see from all the sugar that we're consuming. Next up, chronic inflammation. And chronic inflammation goes hand in hand with our major leading diseases and causes of death for our population, uh, diabetes and heart disease. Diabetes obviously is linked to sugar consumption. Heart disease is also linked to it through that inflammation. We also see a uh, a rise in arthritis and in the severity of arthritis. Inflammation contributes to the development of arthritis. And then we get into our immune system, which arthritis can be caused by an autoimmune problem if you have rheumatoid arthritis. Sugar lowers our body's ability to fight off infection to fight off bacteria. It actually stops our white blood cells, suppresses their ability to do their jobs correctly. 
So, you know, we, we get sick a lot in the winter. A lot of us do, and we think, oh, well, it's because we're inside and we're around more people. We're inside and around more people all the time. Why is it that in the winter we're more likely to get sick being around more people? I, pers- I, I haven't done a study on this, but I personally feel like during the winter we're consuming more sugar. It's sort of that thing getting back to starting with Halloween and all the Halloween candy, and then we roll into the holidays and all the sweets and the, the gooey stuff that comes along with the holidays. And then we get through the holidays and we have Valentine's Day uh, right toward the end of winter. There's always sweet treats accompanying Valentine's Day and all that. Then we have Easter right at the very end, right at the beginning of spring, we have Easter. And then we kind of lay off of candy holidays, candy-centric holidays, sweet-centric holidays for a while. And we are outside more and we are getting more sunshine in the warmer weather. And that certainly boosts our immune system. But at the same time, we're not suppressing our immune system with all of that added sugar. So I think that's a big reason why we're so sick in the wintertime. So if you find yourself coming down with a lot of colds uh, and sniffles during the winter, I'm a little sniffly right now, but it's not because of sugar. It's because we decided to have 60 degree weather all of a sudden this week and the plants are freaking out and my allergies are right along with them. But anyway, if you find yourself getting sick more often, take a look at your sugar consumption. But again, you're saying I don't eat a quarter pound of sugar every single day. Um, I don't eat 150 pounds of, of sugar, uh, every year. It's just not what I do. And maybe you're not, maybe you're one of those people who helps keep that average in that 150 to 175 range, because for every person who eats five pounds of sugar a day, there's somebody five, five pounds of sugar a year. There's somebody who eats 295 pounds of sugar a year. Um, you know, again, averages are based on total consumption divided by population. So if you're not consuming a ton of added sugars, my hat is off to you and I'm going to do everything to encourage you to keep living that way. But if you're somebody who is concerned about how much sugar you're eating or thinks that you might be eating too much, There are a lot of places where sugar hides, and this is why I always tell people to read your labels. People think they're not eating sugar, and they are eating sugar. Where does sugar hide? Sugar hides in every single processed food that we have in our grocery stores and in our pantries and in our freezers. It's in your sauces. It's in salad dressings, pickles, breads, crackers, seasoning mixes, Pasta sauce, soups, beverages, peanut butter, frozen entrees, frozen veggie mixes that have sauces or seasonings in them, canned and jarred fruits, unless they specifically say that they're juice only. It's in breads. Did I say breads earlier? I probably said breads earlier. I can't say breads enough. It kills me that bread that will tout itself as being good for you, and I have my own opinions about bread and its place in in our diets, it is loaded for the most part with added corn syrup or malt syrup or straight up cane sugar. It's ridiculous. 
We don't even need to mention things like donuts and cakes and cookies and candy bars and ice creams because we all know that those have sugar in them. When we reach for those, we know that we're reaching for sugar. We know that we're eating sugar. The stuff that makes me angry is the stuff that you don't think is sugary and you think that you're doing something positive for yourself and you just end up ingesting gram after gram after gram of sugar. And that's frustrating. That's amazingly frustrating when you think that you're doing the right thing and you come to find out that you're being tricked. I mean, I have, I I pulled some stuff out of uh, my pseudo mother-in-law's pantry out of her snack cache. And I'm, I'm looking right now at a package of pretzel chips, you know, like, Oh, okay. Well, they're going to be lower carbohydrate because it's not a whole pretzel. It's not a, you know, it's, it's a thin pretzel, whatever. Okay, fine. And it's got a spicy flavoring on it. It's lime juice and sriracha. Guess what? It's got sugar in it. It's got sugar added into both the seasoning and into the actual pretzel dough. The same thing with the crackers that she eats, the same thing with the pita chips that she eats, the same thing with every single thing that comes in a bag or a box for the most part. It has added sugar into it. And I'm I'm not down on sugar as an ingredient. If it's necessary, I'm against adding sugar into things just to get people hooked on them because sugar is addictive. We know this. The science is there. And if if you think they're not putting it in there to get you to want more of this, then you're kidding yourself. And this is why it is so freaking important to read the labels of anything that you buy and as much as possible, make your own food. I'm not saying you have to make your own crackers, but I promise you, you can live without crackers. So you're, you're thinking, Jessica, you are insane. I can't eliminate sugar. And you're right. You probably can't eliminate all of it, but there are some things that you can do to help cut back on it, to start taking some of it out. Number one, if you are still drinking sodas on the regular or other sweetened drinks, please stop. Please stop doing that. I mean, we all we all know that a can, a 12 ounce can of regular soda has about nine, between nine and 12 teaspoons of sugar in it. So just, just stop. And, and here's something that people ask me about. I'm going to interrupt myself for a second. They always say, well, I hear about teaspoons of sugar and I hear about grams of sugar and it's confusing. Like how many grams of sugar is okay? What does that mean? There are between, it's, it's right in between four and five teas, four and five grams of sugar per teaspoon. So you want to keep your grams as low as possible. You know, if something has one gram of sugar in it, it's not that bad. But when you think about a a can of Coke, and yeah, I'm going to call them out by name, I guess. (laughs) You know, a a can of soda, and this, this includes all the fancy, expensive natural sodas that you can buy 
at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or any of the health food grocery stores, sugar is sugar. You know, high fructose corn syrup is worse for you than regular sugar because of how it reacts in your body, how your body processes it. But expensive small batch artisanal soda is still a sugar sweetened beverage. Treat them as a treat. You know, if you want to occasionally have a bottle of soda with a meal or as a treat, or you just ran a marathon, go for it, have it. It's when you're drinking multiple cans or bottles of them every day during the week. And there are people out there who are doing it. Maybe you're doing it and you're listening to me and and you're thinking, yeah, well, I'm telling you, it's going to make a difference. Start cutting back on that. The second thing that you can do, and I'm going to interrupt myself again. This includes all those iced tea drinks. This includes the cold coffee drinks that you can buy. This includes the energy drinks that you buy. All of that stuff is just a giant sugar bomb. That's why you feel so happy and energetic after you drink it. Knock it off. Second thing that you need that you can do is start cutting back or eliminating your processed foods. Go for a whole foods alternative. Little W, little F, not shilling for the for the grocery chain at all. What I'm talking about is if you are somebody who normally has trail mix as a snack, just go for nuts or throw some throw some raisins in. Cranberries are one of those things, dried cranberries, people are like, oh, they're healthy. It's a fruit. They are always sweetened unless they specifically say they aren't sweetened. And if they're not sweetened, you're probably not going to want to just have a big handful of them if you're used to eating the sweetened ones because cranberries are tart. We all know this. This is why cranberry sauce recipes call for honey or sugar or orange juice or some sort of sweetener in them. Cranberries are very, very tart. So when you open a bag of dried cranberries, look look at what they've been sweetened with. Sometimes they're sweetened with a juice, which, you know, that's it's better. It's still not great. But Start eliminating all of those super sweetened trail mixes, uh, various, uh, you know, nut mixes that are all sweetened. Just go for straight up nuts. Go for some unsweetened dried fruit mixed in with it. It's going to take a, a short amount of time to get used to it, but you'll get used to it and it'll be just as delicious. Uh, you can use carrots or other sturdy veggies or fruits in place of crackers and chips and things like that for your dips. I mean, it doesn't take much imagination to use a slice of cucumber to dip into hummus or dip, you know, put a put your smoked salmon on in place of a cracker or a bread crisp or something along those lines. And you're going to be getting all the additional benefits of vitamins and minerals and fiber, phytonutrients, all that great stuff that's in there in the vegetables and fruits. Start making your own vinaigrettes for salad. Vinaigrette is amazingly easy to make. It's basically oil and vinegar. I put a little mustard in mine and whatever herbs and spices you like. You don't need sugar in your salad dressing. You also will generally find it added into nut butters. 
Make your own nut butters. Throw nuts into a food processor or a high-powered blender and grind it up. It's loud. It's annoying. It takes a little bit of time, but you're going to be eliminating those added sugars. You can also buy unsweetened nut butters, but you really, again, you have to absolutely read those labels. Um, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of reading the label on every single thing that you buy and it's time consuming and it's annoying and you have to do it because companies will change their formulations and not tell you and things that previously didn't have sugar added will all of a sudden have sugar added or if they had sugar and it was something like you know organic cane sugar they might switch it up for something like xylitol because they'll be able to say that they lowered the sugar in it xylitol is uh, a, a sugar alcohol is what they call it. Um, and it is natural, so they can still call it all natural, but it will also kill your dog. So if you are somebody who buys peanut butter and uses it to give your dog his medicine or stuff her Kong with it when you're going to work, make sure that you read that label. That's not related to our sugar intake, but as an animal lover, I feel like I have to spread that message any chance that I get. Um, if you're a coffee drinker and you put sugar in your coffee, I know that coffee is a very personal subject. I'm somebody who needs, wants, and loves my coffee in the morning. I, I do drink mine black. I suggest to everybody that they try it. If you buy good quality fresh beans and grind them up right before you're going to brew your coffee and you brew your coffee well, it's not going to be bitter. But if you need to have sugar in your coffee, I'm not going to tell you that you can't. I am going to tell you to be aware of how much sugar you're putting in your coffee and maybe measure it out just so you know, just so you know, because we all grab the teaspoon out of the silverware drawer and dip it into the sugar bowl and add it into our coffee. Well, that teaspoon isn't really a teaspoon. That teaspoon measures out to closer to a tablespoon. So maybe you think you're putting two teaspoons of coffee of sugar into your coffee. You're probably putting two tablespoons of sugar into your coffee every day or more. I've seen people put three or four scoops of sugar into their coffee and I'm thinking, why? <laughs> but, but that's me. <laughs> so I, I think awareness is key anytime that we're trying to make a positive change. We have to know where we are before we can get to a better place. Because if we're not honest with ourselves about how much of something we're eating or drinking or adding, then we don't know, we don't have a starting spot. So we can't have a goal. So just if you're if you're a coffee drinker and you put sugar in it, measure your sugar out so you're aware of it and then maybe try a little bit less and see if you're still getting the same flavor, the same amount of sweetness and then maybe try a little bit less and a little bit less and, and just cut back on it. I'm not going to tell you not to use it, but just try cutting back on it. And again, I'm going to emphasize it again, read your labels Read your labels, read the ingredients. The closer sugar is to the first ingredient, the more sugar is in that particular item. 
and it's going to have different names. It could be listed as honey. It could be listed as sugar. It could be listed as corn syrup, malt syrup, barley syrup, rice syrup. All of those are sugars. There's a million names for sugar. So when we start cutting back our sugar, we're going to start to see improvements in our health. We're going to start to see lower inflammation. We're going to start to see that our immune system is going to respond better when it's attacked. Our arthritis pains might get a little bit better. And all this happens over time. But we also need to recognize that sugar, as I said earlier, is extremely addictive. It works on the same centers in your brain that narcotics do. So I never, ever suggest that somebody just cold turkey cut all the sugar out of their life because you're going to feel like crap. You're going to get headaches. You're going to get dizzy. You might be nauseous. You might have horrible mood swings. You're going to have brain fog. I always suggest that people gradually cut back. Uh, you know, if you're if you're an all or nothing person and you have the ability to kind of take it easy on yourself for a week or 10 days, if you decide to cut sugar out all at once, you're really going to that that to me is why I don't advocate that people just do an all or nothing approach because the health the health ramifications of cutting it out all at once are a lot like going cold turkey without any support if you're giving up a highly any other highly addictive drug. So it's going to be hard on you and you're not really going to feel well. So again, I really suggest that you take a week and track how much sugar you're eating in your diet. Don't change anything. Take that week and just chart it. Just write it down. You know, I had two servings of crackers and that was three grams of sugar. And add it up over the week how much sugar you're eating. And then that next week, cut that number in half. And the week after that, cut that number in half. And keep cutting that number in half until you have it down to a really reasonable amount. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying that you can never eat sugar in a healthy diet. You certainly can. And I'm also not saying don't eat fruit or don't eat honey. Fruit and honey are whole foods, little W, little F. They have nutritive value as opposed to refined sugar that has had all of its vitamins and minerals stripped out of it. I'm also totally cool with molasses in moderation. And that's something that you can use to sweeten your coffee with. And molasses is also a great source of iron for people who choose not to eat uh, animal meats and might tend toward an iron deficiency. The addition of molasses into your diet can be amazing. I try to get some molasses in my diet. Um, I don't succeed at doing it as much as I would like, but it's certainly delicious drizzled on yogurt or stirred into coffee. Um, spread on toast, you know, it's, it's a great, to me, it's a great way to sweeten things without the uh, detrimental effects of refined sugar. Um, another question that I get asked by people a lot is about alcohol. 
all alcohol has residual sugar in it. It's part of the process, whether it's beer or wine or distilled spirit. Um, your body processes alcohol as a sugar. So my opinion is if you're going to include alcohol in your diet, stick to a dry red wine in moderation, or if you're into cocktails and things like that, number one, be aware of what's going into it. Anything with simple syrup, simple syrup is equal parts water and sugar cooked together until the sugar dissolves. So I would stick with things like vodka-based drinks or gin or whiskey and either straight or on the rocks um, or with a, a little bit of bitters, but really be aware of what the ingredients are in your favorite drink. If it tastes sweet, it's got a lot of sugar in it. So just be aware of that. And again, in moderation, um, you know, what, with Valentine's Day past and Easter still a good five weeks away from today, um, I think to now is a really good time for us to get a handle on how much sugar we're taking in, how much sugar we're eating on a regular basis, and you know, use this time to start making some positive progress in cutting back on the sugars in our diet. I think the only the only thing we'll see is improvement by cutting back on this insidious <laughs> ingredient uh, that's everywhere and in everything. So thanks for listening today. And I hope you'll join me for our next episode. You can click subscribe to the podcast and you'll never miss one of these amazing broadcasts. If you'd like to learn more about me and my coaching services, you can check out the website, tenaciousacorn.com. And while you're over there, you can read my ramblings on the blog and find some of my tasty recipes. You can also follow my Instagram and Twitter feeds. My handle on both of those is at tenaciousacorn. Have a great day and take care of yourselves. Ciao.